Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Rebecca King Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. On today's episode of Conversations on Dance, we are joined by Kirsten Fentroy, principal ballerina with the Boston Ballet. We talked to Kirsten about how she built her work ethic during her training years, dancing under Virginia Johnson in the newly revived Dance Theater of Harlem, and what it was like to make the move to a larger company in the middle of her career. If you'd like to see Kirsten perform, stay tuned to the Boston Ballet website at bostonballet.org. Kirsten, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we've been trying to have you on for ages and you've been so busy. Obviously, your career has been booming. So we're so glad that you've been busy in that way, but also very grateful that you've ha- you have the time today to, to sit down and tell us about your life and journey. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I'm so happy to chat with you guys and to finally be here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We did have a back and forth on scheduling for a long time. So thanks for your patience. <laughs> Wait, I think over a year, right? So this yeah, is it's yeah. It's been a long time. <laughs> as finally. Taylor, as Taylor Swift might say, it's been a long time coming now. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> Michael's in Swifty world. Yeah. That's how she <laughs> starts. <laughs> yeah. That's how she starts the tour. That's the first lyrics of the tour so appropriate here as well let's go um (laughs) okay so since it's your first interview with us we always like to just go back to the tip top and hear just a little bit about how you first kind of fell in love with dance and what was what were what was your the incentive towards actually moving towards classes yeah. Um, so I, I started dance because my parents are dancers. Um, my mom is a ballet dancer and my dad was in commercial dance. Um, my dad actually started dancing after my parents met, but um, so I, they were at the studio all the time since I was born. So I think I started dance classes like to keep me busy so I didn't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it became something that I really enjoyed. Um, I really wasn't that um, into ballet at first. I was really into the competition dance world and like those kinds of things. But um, but I fell in love with ballet when I went to my first summer intensive, which was the summer of my 18th birthday. 
Um, and I, yeah, I just, once I was, I was in New York by myself, um, for the first time, like somewhere on my own, taking care of myself, getting up, um, getting to the studio, you know, doing the whole thing. And I just like fell in love with that grind sort of, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and here we are. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's, uh, interesting. I mean, it makes sense. Like a lot of kids ballet requires so much discipline and especially as a child, you don't have the skill level to do the quote unquote, fun things. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of us could be like, okay, when is this going to get go somewhere? And then the summer program flip, when you see all those kids, like everyone working towards a singular goal, and you've mm-hmm. never been around as many people that are that singularly minded towards the, the goal of being a ballet dancer, that does really click for a lot of people. So I don't know, maybe you could talk a little bit more about that. Like when, once you came home from that summer, what were your, how did your um, vision for yourself as a dancer shift? Yeah. I mean, the studio that I went to that I grew up at and spent most of my childhood at was more recreational when I was there. It's really more career driven now. Like there are, they are creating so many fantastic ballet dancers. It's amazing. I went back and taught a masterclass and was just like, oh, wow, everyone is so beautiful. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But when I was there, it was more recreational. So I wasn't really exposed to other people my age that were career driven. Um, and so when I was in, when I was living in LA before I went to that summer intensive, I think I was more into like the commercial dance scene because that that's more what's around you. Like, right. um, you have more exposure to that kind of thing with like Hollywood and like music videos and all that stuff. So I was yeah. like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, when I went to New York, I, I think being around people that like all worked so hard, um, and were focused on like one style of movement primarily, um, maybe had strengths in other ways. Like we had access to taking classes in other styles, which was also really fun. Um, but being around people that like were all focused on like training this like way was so new to me. Um, and it was like really inspiring and it made me really consider what it would look like for me to be in that kind of space long term. Mm-hmm. I also um, that summer went to so I went to a, um, ABT summer intensive that summer. And then I followed it with um, an Alvin Ailey summer intensive. And so because I was still kind of like trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And yeah. I had it had been suggested to me previously that I should consider Ailey can talk about that later. But <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to give it a try. And I mm-hmm. just Horton was not for me. <laughs> but then, you know, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just like, you know, movement speaks to people differently. And that wasn't my movement style. And I think it was like mm-hmm. having both of those things contrasting that year um, really made me realize how much I, I could love ballet. Um, so going back home after that, I I like really dove in and, and started to like study a little bit harder. I wanted to spend a full year in New York. So the next year I, I ended up staying in New York and studying there for two years. Yeah. Yeah. This interesting to me that you you mentioned because one of my questions the next thing i was going to say was when you decided to me you have very obvious easy ballet body you're such i think of you as such a ballerina the things i've seen you in are very ballet ballet even if they're contemporary ballet like increases you know you have to have a rock solid classical ballet technique and i've seen you do a beautiful dewdrop and things like that so that's you know, I, I was wondering then when you switched, was it just like, oh, OK, this makes sense. Like you'd been kind of exploring other avenues. But once you went like more blinders on for ballet, was it just like, oh, this is what my body likes? 
absolutely not. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, it's a, you're like so complimentary and sweet, but like I, as a dancer, obviously, uh, often does. I don't necessarily agree with all that you're saying. <laughs> um, no, it was not. It was not easy. It was a lot of work, a lot of self criticism, which maybe to a like an unhealthy degree, but. Um, just because I felt like I was so far behind, I kind of like developed this like obsession with like trying to perfect my body in ways that maybe weren't great. Like I can't change my bone structure and stuff right. like that. So, um, no, no, it wasn't super easy, but I think what I fell in love with was like the constant pursuit of like something greater, the constant, like, um, you can always develop on something. And um, I also loved finding ways to be expressive in even like the most like structured and like boxed in type of movements sometimes like mm. repertoire wise and stuff like that. Like I loved trying to still have a voice and still be me in that space. And I think that is still true to today. Yeah. So what were your first thoughts in terms of company life. So you're starting to see this dream that's in front of you. You're working on your technique. What is your plan for to kind of get your career off the ground? I had zero plans. Um, (laughs) So I went to Joffrey Ballet School for two years. Mm -hmm. um, And both years, because I was in New York um, at the Joffrey School in New York, um, both years being in New York, you have access to like all of these open company auditions every year. So Um, I did go to auditions and I had a lot of experiences, but I didn't really know what I was looking for um, because I didn't ever have exposure to like a big company life or like Mm. I didn't go to a school, like a feeder school or like anything like that. And even at Joffrey, like it's, it's separate that, that school is separate from the Joffrey company. So there was not that like connection. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't really know what I was looking for. I didn't know what the facilities were like places. I didn't know like what kind of rep different companies do. I was just kind of winging it and hoping someone liked me Um, for a while. Yeah, especially that first year. Um, But the second year that I was there and I was auditioning, I think I started to focus a little bit more. I think at that point I probably would have taken like an offer just about anywhere just to get started. But like, um, but I started to understand like who I was and, and like that, that voice of like wanting to be expressive and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. wanting to be a part of something larger than myself. Um, I think that started to click a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I had a couple of experiences that kind of, um, helped me understand my identity in dance when I was in school there. So I think I started to look for places that I felt like I could easily be at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I auditioned for several places, but Dance Theater of Harlem was the first company that I danced for. Um, and I was a part of the rebirth of the company after their hiatus. Um, and I was there for five seasons. And um, I remember that audition was like crazy because it was obviously like the first year the company was coming back. So there were a million people there. Right. <laughs> and they made so many cuts and the audition was so long and I was in school and, and um, like supporting myself pretty much financially. So I had one pair of point shoes and they were mush. But it was hilarious and awful but um, <laughs> um but I was invited to come back and take another class and and then I got offered a contract so that was my first like company experience and I think that also helped shape 
um, what kind of movement I, I identified with within like the classical ballet realm. Okay. That's much exposure. I want to right. touch on to you said that you because you were in New York, you were able to um, have access to all these auditions, but you also have access to seeing a lot of dance. Was that part of something that helped kind of inform you, helped you create this identity or understanding of who you are as a dancer? Um, oddly, no. I mean, I did see a lot of dance um, mm-hmm. when I was there, but I think I saw more dance once I started working professionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, And I think that has to do partially because when I was in school, um, I was like training all day and then I was working in the evenings to like support myself there. Yeah. Um, so I, my schedule was just, and like also weekends I was working like birthday ballerina parties. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I was pretty busy and I didn't, I didn't go out to see dance that much. And I remember like seeing things and wanting to, wondering what it's like to be up like on a big stage, like with City Ballet or with ABT, but not, I don't remember feeling like super influenced by what I saw, if that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. no, I understand that. Until later, until later. I feel like I I kind of had a similar experience, I guess. It's like you see it and you're like, wow, this is cool. But then like once you're, you've like been on that stage, like you have a different appreciation for what's happening, I guess. I understand that for sure. Yeah. 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 So what were your years under Virginia like? And and before you took the job at DTH, do you have any hesitations about being somewhere that is it's the rebirth so you already you knew the history of you know it's this fabled ballet company but it went under were you um worried at all about you know a repeat of that history like what was what was the vibe going into your new job i mean i think i was just elated that somebody wanted me (laughs) yeah um because I think like we we face so much rejection that sometimes to like feel wanted, especially in such a small group, after seeing how many people were auditioning, it just felt really special. Mm-hmm. Um, working under Virginia was it was like I think that was a really um, important part in my like artistic development, my time at DTH and working under her because um, she has so much knowledge to offer, um, but she's very she's very intellectual and. Um, artistic and how she gives that knowledge Mm -hmm. so um rehearsing with her was like really like brainy and Mm -hmm. i remember like she would say things like your dancing is orange and i need you to make it amber or something like that and then it would leave you to like chew on what does that what does that mean but um but i love that kind of work like diving in that way and not being like yes i tell me to point my feet but like (laughs) yeah chew on stuff so a lot of that I also think that like when I was a dance theater of Harlem I was given a lot of fantastic opportunities um maybe before I was ready because I I joined as like a fresh out of school baby like core core level um but I I had this like hungry mentality and I really wanted to like push and work I think that came from being behind in school um and so I was I would work and then I would be given opportunities that maybe I wasn't ready for, but then I had to be ready for them. So I like pushed myself further so that I would get there. Um, and I think it helped me like develop faster, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's interesting to just think about, you know, well, hindsight being 2020, I'm fast forwarding in my brain to your time in Boston Ballet right now where versatility is king. It's, I think it's one of the most demanding 
reps, like the way that you have to go. It's very much expected from the top that you excel in everything. <laughs> there aren't really specialists and it's just very demanding in that way. Yeah. But, you know, you rewind to your time where you felt like you were behind, which, you know, at the time is, of course, something you don't want to want to be experiencing, but it teaches you how to be this really driven hard worker. And then you also you're working to put yourself through school, which has this other um, facet of you then appreciating what you're doing and knowing why you have to work this hard. So it's like it's building the character that you are today. And even in that moment, you probably felt rough a lot of the time, but it's it's actually really beautiful to see this trajectory. Yeah, I definitely felt rough at the time. <laughs> <laughs> a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah. It's a lot of work to do all of that. So uh, what was some of the rep that you were dancing at DTH? Because also their repertoire is so wonderful. So when you're saying it made you rise to the occasion, I can understand why. <laughs> uh, um, so DTH is um, primarily a touring company so and quite small. So when I was in the company, the size of the company ranged between 12 and 18 dancers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we never did any full lengths, but we would do excerpts of things. Um uh, full length classicals, I mean, but um, right. we did like my first year. I was doing Black Swan Pas de Deux, which was like crazy hard for me because I didn't have a super um, strong classical training from well, my from when most people start their super strong classical training. Right. right. <laughs> um, we we did some balancing work, so we did Agon. Um, I did uh, Second Pas de Trois there, and the Solo Lady. I did Chai Pa. Um, we also did an Alvin Ailey ballet, The Lark Ascending. We did that on point, which was really cool. Mm. Um, and Robert Garland Ballet's Return, the one that's James Brown and Aretha Franklin that everyone loves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. The tree would come and choreograph. We, all, we oftentimes had people come and create works on us. So, like, every year, I think we had someone come in and, and, and set a ballet. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So you've already mentioned that, you know, you would see City Ballet and ABT, and while the fantasy wasn't necessarily being in those companies. You did have a seed of wanting to be in a a big company or perform on a stage of that scale and productions like that. So at what point did you decide that was a dream that you really wanted to push for? And how did you kind of take that next step? Yeah, I think um, when I got to a point at DTH where I was, please forgive my dog. Puppies. <laughs> That's okay. They want your attention. Um, I think when when I got to a point that I felt like I was doing 
a lot of primarily, if not only principal roles there, which was fantastic. And I'm so grateful for, I wanted to experience the other thing. Like I wanted to experience what it was like to be in a, like a real corps de ballet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also was reaching an age where I felt like if I didn't leap now, I wouldn't, I would lose the opportunity to. And, so um, I started to kind of, this is when I started to really look at what kinds of companies I wanted to dance for, because then I understood myself a little bit better. Um, and so I started looking at like the repertoire of other companies. And I really think that Boston Valley has one of the most diverse repertoires. Um, and I just found it really interesting that they did full length classical ballets, but they also did Killian and they also did Forsyth and they also, you know, they have all of these like other things that um, are really different than the classical stuff. So, um, so I shot my shot and I didn't think that I was, I didn't think they were going to respond to my email because it took a really long time. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, these had like passed. It was like April when they responded to my email. (laughs) Um, and I auditioned actually in May, like mid-May, and um, was offered a quarter ballet contract. So I was so thrilled, um, terrified. I was so scared, but thrilled to to see what that felt like to be on a stage of like with 50 people or whatever. And what a cool feeling it was, especially that first year. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it must have felt like getting thrown into the deep end because like i said the the range of the repertoire and then the expectation that one can excel in every avenue um and you know what's funny to me is that i i was probably there your first week of work actually (laughs) because i remember it was uh patricia delgado was staging increases and picked you to be in the first cast right away so that's your first year there are only four women in the valley and you got picked to be in the first cast and i remember immediately asking her who she was who who you were rather and and she was like oh my gosh she's fabulous isn't she like you're just gonna love her she's gonna do so well here so that was you know just within your first week you were already obviously making a big impression so but what was your impression like when when you got that casting were you like oh crap like (laughs) i have to really like what happened to my uh being in a group dreams i know well actually i'll tell you the story of my very first performance at boston ballet um the very first one was a i was a a yorma elo ballet called uh, sibelius fifth symphony and i was second cast everything that i was learning or like understudy um and i was second cast of a quarter ballet role which i was like if i do a show i'm gonna do that and i was also learning one of the principal women but I was like, that'll never happen. It's fine. Um, <laughs> baby steps. And I actually really just like really didn't think that I was going to perform. But um, opening night, I was sitting in the audience with my now fiance watching. And the principal dancer that I was learning didn't come on stage for an entrance. And I was like, all of the blood drained oh. out of me. <sighs> And she came on later, um, but it was different. Like you could tell something had changed. And mm-hmm. um, so there was like the opening night, like kind of party thing that they do, like a meet and greet kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was there and I had the rehearsal directors came up to me like, so you ready? And the next show was a matinee. So I had my first rehearsal 30 minutes before the show. Like, <laughs> uh, and then I, that, that was really being thrown into the deep end. Um, because I had never like done a rehe- like a in space rehearsal of that part, so 
Whenever I hear these stories, it gives me anxiety. Just like, like, what was that night? Like you were like not sleeping. We're oh my going over the steps incessantly. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I did not sleep. Um, I was so nervous, but it was actually, I think being at DTH prepared me for that moment because um, being in such a small company, when things happen, you just kind of, you jump in and you kind of learn everyone's parts. So I was, I was like kind of prepared. I had had an incident at Dance Theater of Harlem where someone got like, like, violently ill as the curtain went up on a ballet and I didn't know their part and I was like backstage with a laptop watching them dance running out doing the steps coming back like (laughs) wow so I think I was like kind of prepared for yeah that's amazing experience for something like that so what did it feel like then when you were kind of doing some of these core roles I assume that you did in fact do some Mm -hmm. of them did you feel because it is such a unique challenge to dance within a core to be watching where everyone is to be in line it's like a whole different element so was that something that you adjusted to well or did you feel kind of like behind in that arena I think I adjusted to it pretty well Um, one because I wasn't like super young anymore right um and because when again when i was a dance leader of harlem we traveled so much and performed on so many different stages that you have to be like really aware and adapt really quickly to different spaces and two different spacing um so i think i think that helped me to like be more aware of those things um yeah that makes a lot of really enjoyed it i really enjoyed the core yeah i think it was like living a dream you know like i always had this like fairy tale idea of like what it looks like to just like stand on the side of the stage and watch people dance with the side <laughs> of the stage and um yeah you look was, across the stage uh, and see your friends feel like you know yeah. dancing with your friends yeah yeah laughing at things trying yeah. not to laugh on stage <laughs> I almost got kicked in the face by someone once that was doing a variation I just like leaned back and then <laughs> back up and all of us were just cackling uh, well <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it while it lasted, Diva, because it was over fast. <laughs> you did a lot of really big things that first year. I mean, I didn't get to see it, but I remember being jealous of my friends in Boston. That you did Siren. Was that your first year or shortly? My first year. I think that was my first year. I think it was your first year. Uh, a lot of really big opportunities came your way. Um, so... I guess, yeah, going back to the, this idea of just how versatile you have to be in the company. Like, what were, did you find that sort of like um, jarring or did you feel like DTH had prepared you for that? As far as dancing, both as, ballet as far as, yeah, like doing like Giselle one day and then, okay, next week is Yarma week. And then next on the rehearsal right. schedule, like, you know, Justin and Patricia come and then, you know, that sort of thing. Like, was that hard on your body at all? I don't I don't think so. I think again, like the DTH thing. <laughs> I guess I'm really grateful for that time in my life. Um yeah. because we would do performances where everything was like smaller repertoire. So it was like I would do Black Swan and then I would do the James Brown ballet and right. then I would do Nacho Duado ballet. That's barefoot, sure. all in the same program, you know? Right, right. Um so I was kind of used to that like tugging in either direction in the same night. Right. So doing that year, we actually did a lot of like alternating weeks of sh- of um, performances at Boston Ballet. We don't do that so much anymore, but um, we would do. I remember we did Romeo and Juliet, and then we had like a, a Forsyth program. I think it was the Forsyth program. It was like a contemporary bill, a more contemporary bill, and we alternated them every other week. Um, Ooh, and that's I, tough. I thought it was really fun. Oh, okay, good, good, good. I love that. I love to hear that. I do think it, it is. <laughs> 
topic keeps you you have to be on like you have to keep stay alert and like keep your brain on top of things but it keeps it fresh i think yeah <laughs> yeah sometimes it's just like hard it is very hard i think that sometimes audience members don't may, might not realize quite the difference between on your body going from like ballet being up 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 and then being trying to be down and then like the different way you have to warm up the different way you need to take care of your body after there's just so many elements to that you know or maybe that's just me being in like internal <laughs> maybe for oh, you I, it didn't feel that way <laughs> i agree i think uh, especially the older that i get the more my body needs to warm up in different ways for different kinds of reps so <laughs> yeah maybe that was the key maybe that's what i needed to be doing rebecca <laughs> yeah you need to do a modern <laughs> modern warm-up you can't do tondus to do i did i was like Taylor. i don't yeah i was like i don't know anything else i would just like be like okay i guess i'll do my my Susie Pilar bar again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but then, you know, the promotions came quickly. You've obviously you felt supported then by your director that you, you see this person has a vision for you where you're going. But um, I guess how, how did you handle all that personally? Was it a surprise or did it feel like, you know what, I, I my work I worked so hard and you know it's merited this like what what was going through your mind as um as the parts kept coming <laughs> um specifically speaking to like promotions uh i was surprised every single time <laughs> um i mean i know that i worked hard but i also i think i've always had this tendency to only see the strengths in other people and only see the weaknesses in myself. Um, so I think looking at all, I feel, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the dancer thing. Yeah. But I think that that made me unable to see kind of like where I stand structurally. And um, I think I've always, I always have this like um, voice in the back of my head that tells me that I'm like kind of an imposter and like, it's, it's all going to slip away very quickly. Um, so I think that voice was was present a lot of the time. So it was always kind of a surprise. Um, and with like the the rep, especially like the first couple of years, I was just like every time like, oh, this is awesome. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember when Nutcracker casting went up the first year that I was there and I was learning Dewdrop. I was like, like literally just jaw to the floor looking side to side like is anybody seeing this <laughs> <laughs> of course everyone that had been here was like okay <laughs> but, i love that yeah um and then i, I wonder too because you got promoted to principal in 2022 is that right mm -hmm. so i wonder what that felt like because after the pandemic did you think like oh maybe that might kind of pause my possibility of becoming a principal you know I just like that time must have been so challenging for dancers I think before the pandemic being a principal dancer wasn't really something that was like I thought was like part of my trajectory I kind of thought that I was going to be one of those people that like thrived as a soloist um and I was comfortable with that mm -hmm. um I just wanted to be on stage at the end of the day yeah <laughs> um and so the pandemic was challenging, but for me, the pandemic was a silver lining because I had been dealing with an injury uh, for a while that was kind of progressing and getting worse. And it gave me the space to have surgery without FOMO. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, so I was able to do that and I wasn't even thinking about like what the future of, of my career might look like at the ballet at that time. Mm-hmm. I just thought I was going to work to get back to where I was and hopefully I get there. Um, and then guys, shush. <laughs> um, and then, um, when it came to actually starting to come back, um, I, I felt like because it had been so long, I had to turn on that like super work hard hat mm-hmm. yeah. hard space, whatever yeah. again. Um, and I think Miko saw that when we were working on our, um, one of our like classical virtual programs, I think is when he started to really see, start to see me in a principal mindset because he, in, we have, um, annual evaluation meetings mid season. And he had mentioned it to me that like, oh, you're dancing kind of like more like a principal. And I saw it in you doing Black Swan, which thank you, DTH, again for getting me here (laughs) in that. Um, And then the year we came back, yeah, I I, again was I had this um, hat, this like headspace turned on that I just wanted to be happy. I wanted to love myself and my movement and to like try to block out the noise because there is a lot of noise oftentimes when you're a heady person and you're in ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted to block out the noise and and I had an opportunity to do Apollo that year at the beginning of the season um, and I and go to LA to film it at the Hollywood Bowl and I'm from LA. Um, and I hadn't been home in so long because I don't have any family that lives there anymore. Um, and it was, it, I think it sparked, it like energized me and it's re-sparked like my joy, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think that light kind of continued to shine through until nutcracker season. And and that's when I got promoted to principal mid-season. Well, super well-deserved. I'm a massive fan and I know that with Rebecca... (laughs) came well, i go every year to see nutcracker in boston with kate penner oh nice. and <laughs> yeah she's she's a good friend of ours friend of the pod and yeah. i just we're always like uh rebecca you need to be here you need to see mm-hmm. kirsten you know, oh. <laughs> you know i was creeping uh, on your instagram before though and i was sending michael videos there was this one particular video of you doing turns that were so controlled and gorgeous and technically perfect Thank you. I was <laughs> I'll like, take the compliment. <laughs> Let's can we talk a little bit about the injury that you've been dealing with now? We're so sorry that you have been dealing with one. I think um it's something that we like to talk about on the podcast because it's an important part of what we deal with as dancers. Yeah. Um, so I got injured in September. Um, I mean, I think it was something that was kind of brewing for a while, but I got injured in September. I performed through the injury in October and then I haven't danced since the end of October and it is now February. Um, (laughs) So um, I had a herniated disc at my C6, C7 in my neck. So the base of my neck and the top of my my upper back. But Mm -hmm. um, and it was pressing on my nerves that go down the right side of my body. So I was losing feeling in my, in my right arm. And every time I would turn quickly, it would feel like, um, like white noise all the way through my hand. And it kind of like felt like an electric shock and fire and numbness all at the same time. It was really strange, really jarring. I like couldn't move my head this way. Um, and I just didn't know what it was. I thought it was, it started as a really bad muscle spasm. Yeah. I just went a little too hard in rehearsal. 
Um, I remember the rehearsal very vividly. So. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and yeah, it started as a spasm, didn't really know what it was and turned out I had a herniated disc and I I had a couple of injections done because we thought it was going to be the solution. I did uh, a round of um, steroids as well, of oral steroids as well. And, and they like helped, the steroids helped me get through the shows, but yeah. um, but the the injections helped the first one, but the second one didn't didn't improve it at all. And I just got to the point where it was like, well, we can keep waiting or um, or we can do surgery. So I ended up actually having surgery on my neck three and a half weeks ago. Um, and I feel a lot better. I feel really great. And I'm working my way back to going back in the studio. But it's been challenging because this is the first injury that's taken me out of a performance season. Yeah. Um, and I... I in in life in general, I struggle with my mental health, and a lot of times it it has to do with how I'm feeling in my career as well. Like I think yeah. that really influences that. So I had a lot of ups and downs through the period, especially at the beginning, um, because I didn't want to go in the studio, I didn't want to be on Instagram, I didn't want to see anything because I just felt bad. <laughs> um, oh I'm really, really disappointed. I had, I had personal goals that I wanted to accomplish. And um, we were, we have so many like really awesome full lengths. I was, I'm like the poster of Cinderella and I was really looking forward to dancing Cinderella. Like I doing a full length, I've only done one full length, one show and I want to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So a lot of my like personal goals kind of had to be put aside, but um you know, I just kind of tried to remind, I actually thought about the pandemic a lot because of how little access we had to moving. Um, so it was kind of just like, keep your body lubricated and like, hopefully on the other end, you'll be okay. Um, so I'm trying to remind myself that I was okay after that and coming Mm -hmm. back, I will continue to be okay. Um, yeah. Your body remembers, you know, it's like, it's all in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It knows all everything it needs to do and it will come back big, yeah. better and stronger than before. Yeah. I'm really lucky that we have a really fantastic team at Boston Ballet as well that like gives me access to some of the best doctors in Boston. Um, so I feel really well supported. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm glad the surgery helped. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy to be feeling better. I can yeah. turn my head right and left real fast. You go. I can look up. Wow. <laughs> As the kids might say, the neck is necking. The neck is necking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks it looks very free and comfortable. Yeah. So yeah, I'd love to see it. Yeah. Um, so you're on your way back. Are there things that you have either maybe something you might be able to make at the end of the season or looking forward into the future, even just a theoretical season? What sort of goals? You know, you mentioned that you'd really like to do a full length again. So you've only had one prior opportunity, but what sorts of things do you see yourself or hope that you can conquer um, within the next five, 10 years? Um, I Well, I would love to dance another full length um, just because I think the, the challenge of or the task of taking an audience from the beginning to the end of a story and having that weight is like so exciting and like you know, a, a fun thing to dive into. So I, I hope I get the opportunity to do that again. Um, I don't, I, I oftentimes don't send, don't set 
major goals for myself. Um, I, I really try to just like work hard in the spaces that I've been given. Um, as far as like things that might be outside of dance, I have taken a liking to staging ballets. So um, I'm really interested in that process and like learning more about that so that I can, when, when it's time for me to transition out of dance, I can maybe go into that, into that space. Um, for this season, I'm really looking forward to dancing um, a couple of ballets that we've already done. Uh, Bella Figura is one of them. Um, I am silly, but like I wasn't super happy with how I danced it last time. So I'm really excited to try <laughs> again. I'm also nervous because it's um, neck. The part that I have is neck heavy and right arm heavy. So uh, but I think I'll be I'll be strong enough to do it. Um, we're dancing another Forsyth ballet that we've done before. It's Blake Works 3, which is um, also known as the Bar Project um, that Tyler Peck did. Um, they released during the pandemic. Um, and that is one of the hardest things I've ever done in flat shoes. It's mm. exhausting. She never stops. And it's so mm. fast. But I I love mu- dan- like music. I love music being a part of my body. And I love trying to find different ways to hear it and like show it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really excited to do that again. And we're also going to Paris. So mm-hmm. hopefully I'm on that cast list to go to Paris. Yes, I'm sure <laughs> you will be. Um, hint, hint, if anyone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Is that in the Aww. summer? Um, it's at the end of the season. It's like uh, end of May. Yeah. Nice. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Well, you're, you're on the way. You're on the way. We can tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they said and like three weeks and I should be able to go back to rehearsal. So I'm like, I'm almost there. You're almost there. Beautiful. Yay, that's great. <laughs> well, everyone in the Boston area or Paris, hopefully, <laughs> um, we obviously encourage them to all come see you perform. You know, like I said, I'm a, a huge fan. And I love that you mentioned how music makes you tick because I, I think that when I saw you do do drop, I felt like you were possessed by the spirit of Tchaikovsky. <laughs> I was like, I was very, yeah, I, I thought it was, I, you know, a number of things I loved about your performance, but I think what made you most interesting and arresting as a performer was that you were very musical. So um, we'd love to see that. That's, that's you know, our favorite quality in a dancer. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. And we wish you a really speedy recovery. And we're so glad we got to talk to you. And we're sure that we'll have you on again. I hope so. Can't wait. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Conversations on Dance is part of the ACAST Creator Network. For more information, visit conversationsondancepodpod.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.